<laughs> so welcome to making it as a local lifestyle blogger and working with small businesses. And I'm really excited about talking about this topic because there is such a huge opportunity to, uh, for all of us influencers to working with the smaller businesses in our town. So I'm very excited to hear what Michelle, our speaker has to say, but let me introduce myself first. My name is Paola Mendez and I am the founder of the Blogger Union and the Blogger Union is a network of blogger communities dedicated to growing our members brands and incomes through meetups and workshops just like this one. So I run the uh, South Florida bloggers here in the Miami area, but we also have communities in cities all across the US. We have the New York City bloggers, the Houston bloggers, the DC bloggers, the Minneapolis bloggers. So if you want to find out more about the communities near you, you should check out the bloggerunion.com. Alrighty, so let's introduce our speaker today. <laughs> Michelle Olson runs Modern Boca Mom and she really has a great strategy for working with brands and small local businesses. Welcome, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I'll, I'll let you take over the waiting room. I've been just letting everybody in. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> then I will take, I will take over the, the screen sharing as well. So let me uh, jump in and get that going, get the PowerPoint presentation up and running. You got Perfect. it. Perfect. All right. Can everybody give me a thumbs up if you can see me? sharing my screen okay cool that's what i want to make sure so i'll be the tiny box instead of the the main focus of this whole thing aside from this beautiful welcoming slide of course so um hi everyone thank you for joining again my name is michelle olson rogers i am a blogger based in south florida specifically boca raton so for those of you who are joining from out of state we are the city that's smack dab in between palm beach to the north and fort lauderdale to the south so we're about 20 minutes in between give or take but um i want to uh, i mean i love the title of this blog or this presentation because it's kind of clickbait in a way and bloggers love clickbait because that's how we get that traffic but making it making it as a lifestyle blogger is such a relative term because um i feel that i've i've had some success over the past six years of blogging but i mean i don't think that anyone ever truly makes it until you know, I don't know, you get that validation from other people, but um, I, I, I think that um, somebody gave me some really great advice at a conference a few years back and they're saying that if you are going to become a blogger, really truly be passionate about the content and cause you're producing that content for because uh, the money will come. Uh, you should never get into blogging just for the money because you'll be sorely disappointed because it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so I just wanna give you a little bit about um, information about my professional background. So my background is public relations. I used to work in New York City at an agency up there focusing on beauty and skincare. So I've always been in the communications field and this experience in public relations has really influenced how I run my business now. Um, but uh, I am a mom blogger, so you can only guess what happened next. We had a baby and decided to, my husband and I decided to leave New York and um, move back down to my hometown, which is Boca Raton. I'm one of those rare people who was actually born and raised down here. I'm not in a transplant, but I am a boomerang in that I grew up in Boca, went up north for my career for my 20s, and then moved back down after I had my daughter. So um, I uh remotely worked for my pr agency for some time and then it just became very very difficult i was trying to commute back and forth i had um a daughter who was under a year old we were renovating a house and it just was overwhelming and so i parted ways with my agency and decided to start um a very selfish project at the time honestly um a website modernbocamom.com um my initial mission with the whole thing was to just aggregate information for new parents in the area whether you were a new parent in general or you were newly um, 
um, relocated to our area. I just wanted to have a place where you could go and all the information about mommy and me classes and, you know, places to go eat out and new events happening in the area would just be in one place because I just didn't have time as a new mom um, and a new hustler because at this point I was working for myself um, to go to 20 different websites to find an answer to a question. So that was really my initial um, plan with Modern Boca Mom, and then it's evolved into something um, a lot bigger since, and I will go over that with you guys. So, um, like I said, you know, uh, my website, it's an award-winning lifestyle website for the stylish and modern South Florida mommy. I am very targeted. I am trying to reach parents in Palm Beach County and North Broward. I'm not trying to reach people in Orlando. I'm really, really focused on the ge geographic area that I'm serving. Um, I've been blogging for six years. My anniversary, my bloggerversary was in March. And I also write for bocamag.com, which is the website for Boca Raton Magazine. I write for them twice a month and have been for several years now. I'm their Boca Mom Talk columnist. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm also a regular contributor to the tourism board for the Palm Beach County area, which is called Discover the Palm Beaches. So I write content for them based on request. Uh, and then prior to the pandemic, and it's funny because I gave a version of this presentation at a conference back in March. I mean, it was literally right before the world turned upside down. But prior to the pandemic, I had been rather successful as a local event organizer and host for families. Um, I was doing pop-up events. Uh, and I also run a year-round Mommy and Me program in conjunction with a local school. Um, but obviously, both of those things are on hiatus at the moment, hopeful um, to get them back up and running in the fall. But um, having that be such a large part of my business has been a, a good lesson and reinforcement learned for me, and I'll, I will talk about that as well. But the bottom line is I'm a hyper-local niche digital influencer. Um, I don't pretend to be anything else. This is really where I am, and I would say six years ago, I got a lot of laughs for being that. Um, People didn't understand why I would only want to focus on a small geographic area. And I would always tell them, I'm like, listen, there's a lot of families that are moving to the Boca Raton area or who are returning like me from working somewhere else and then having children. And um, I think it's a really growing area of the population. So I'm just going to run with it and see what happens. And I'm very, very glad I did because I think that micro influencers, which is kind of the, the smaller target here, um, is where digital uh, marketing is going. So if that is what you currently are right now, then I think this presentation will be very valuable to you. Okay, so I make money through Modern Book Mom. It's no secret, I am a mompreneur, I am proud, I work very, very hard. But I always made sure to run my business kind of like a PR agency in a way, um, but one that had different income streams because God forbid something happens and one of these in income streams disappears, I never wanted to be in a position where I would be broke. Um, so as you can imagine, like, pandemic, perfect example. So um, the two of my very big sections of my um, income streams here, the Mommy and Me program and pop-up events right here, that is gone right now. Um, I do not have any income coming in from that. So I'm really depending on the other uh, six income streams that I have to keep things rolling for me. So I'm very, very glad that I diversified how I make money early on. So I do affiliate marketing. It's not my strength, but I do make a couple bucks from that here and there. Same thing with display advertising. And that's, I'm talking, you know, Google ads. Um, I'm also talking about individual ads that I sell to place on my website and in my newsletter. I do a little social media consulting here and there for some brands. I do have, you know, that beauty experience from working in PR for so long. So I will occasionally dabble in that. Um, <clears throat> One-off sponsored content. This is the uh, the campaigns that you get with a blog network and they want you to, you know, review a product or promote a service and it's a one-time deal um, that you work with. So that's one income stream for me. Um, and that's whether I produce either video content, blog content, social media, whatever it is. Um, my mom, Amy program, pop-up events, August, September, let's pray. And, uh, my blog retainer clients. So, uh, when I started modern Boca mom and I knew that I wanted to be targeting locally, I thought to myself, what could I offer parents as a service 
but also generate income for myself every single month going forward, almost like a little salary. So what I did was that I decided to create buckets for parents. So every mom, every dad, they need a pediatrician. They need a pediatric dentist, summer camp, dance program, sports, youth sports, whatever it is. Every parent typically needs at some point or another in having children recommendations in these areas. So I challenged myself to find the best recommendation in every single area and try to partner with that business going forward to create content that not only benefited them in terms of publicity and, you know, of course, growing their business, but also kind of took the guesswork away from parents who needed these services. So that way, whenever somebody asked Modern Boca Mom about, you know, the best pediatrician, I automatically had not only an answer, but content that I had generated for some time about that particular business. So that's really where I've seen the most growth. Um, and honestly, the, the, the most longevity. I've, uh, I keep using pediatrician as an example, but I've been working with my pediatrician client, uh, Boca VI Pediatrics, since 2014. So they have paid me a retainer every single month since 2014 to generate some sort of content for them. And honestly, some months they're just too busy and I'll collect my retainer and just move on to the next month. And that's fine with me. But in return, they re receive exclusivity. I do not work with any other pediatricians in Boca Raton. And they also um, receive a bunch of different other things as well. And I will get into that as we move, we keep moving on. I know I'm supposed to keep this to about 30 minutes. Um, so yeah, so blog retainer clients are huge. And then also a couple days a week, I work at my daughter's school, Grandview Prep. Uh, I'm the director of communications there. So I, you know, send out the emails, plan the events, that kind of thing. And um, that's actually where I run my mommy and me program as well. So I am a uh, employee, but I'm also a 1099 contractor for them. So um, a fantastic partner to have, uh, especially during a pandemic, because they kept things going um, as best they could. All right, so I don't know all of you here in the room and it's not, I could I could take a poll. Actually, Paola, would you mind doing a little poll? Um, how many of you, I would love to know, how many of you have a national focus for your blog or how many of you have a local focus already? Because I know it's different for everyone and I am not paying attention to the chat. So forgive me, I'll try to look through that at the end of this whole thing. But um, if you have- <laughs> What? The poll is coming. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I know. I can keep talking while, while okay. the poll gets created. So whether you're a national blog or you're local, um, I truly believe that even if you're, I'm making it up, let's say you're a national blogger and you, you are completely focused on fashion. I still think that there is a opportunity for you to carve out a local niche for your blog. And this is why because everybody lives somewhere. And I would like to think that unless you're completely new, you have some sort of understanding and knowledge of your town. Okay, so it's almost like it's a close a to a 50-50 split, yeah. yeah. Wow, all right, that's crazy. Okay, so then this will be good for everybody. So for the national bloggers, I this, this part will focus a little bit more on you. For local, just, Hang in, we, we will get there. All right, okay. so I will, I will end the polling here. Okay, share results, boom, look at that. So yeah, 43 national, 57 local. Awesome to my fellow hyper-local bloggers, yay. Um, so I think that carving out, hold on, my presentation's frozen. Okay, so you have a blog. Hopefully everybody here has a blog. That's why you're here. Um, finding that local, local niche. So it can be completely geographically targeted or it can be something about your area that's even more um, targeted to your interest and passions. Like for me, I love babies and toddlers. I started my business when I had a baby. And so it's always kind of been a big part of my heart, even though my daughter is now seven. So I share a lot of content um, to new moms. I really feel that I should share my knowledge with them and then also creating the mommy and me program and things like that. That's like a niche for me in addition to being in Boca. But for you, maybe it's local business recommendations. Maybe it's city politics. Maybe you're a foodie and you want to target uh, local restaurants. I mean, they would surely appreciate that this right now, but, um, or maybe it's like photographers of Fort Lauderdale. I don't know what it is, but 
If you want to add a local component to your national site or if you have a locally based website, make sure you have niched it down. You need to be able to explain what your blog is in like one sentence or less and people have to get it. It's not about being you know, a mom anymore. It's about being a mom who only eats vegan and has twins. I mean, you really have to niche down because audiences are looking for more and more specific content these days. So just something to consider. Um, then I would highly recommend that you take a look at your analytics. Uh, you should hopefully have Google Analytics hooked up to your blog and looking at your audience um, from a few different points of view would be very valuable in making these decisions, uh, especially geographically. See what your top five cities are and see if you already have a local following. If so, then great. Then that's all the more reason to capitalize on it. Um, what are you involved with in your community? I mean, we're all, we've all got something going on. You know, I have a daughter in school, so I'm involved in a PTA and that kind of thing. And that's, you know, I know how those things go. So whatever you're involved with, um, it, it would make a lot of sense to create content around it because there's an audience locally that is definitely waiting for it. I mean, one of our biggest bloggers in the area, um, Randy Schultz, he's, he used to work for the Sun Sentinel. He's amazing. But his whole beat is like Boca Raton politics and all the drama that's happening. And he gets so much traffic because he knows that niche, like the back of his hand. And he's just been in it for long enough where he can really share his opinion. And it's, it's uh, very, very helpful to his, to his readership. Um, then once you've found that niche in your audience, then you need to try to engage with them, you know, especially I always was a big advocate for engaging with my audience in person. And clearly right now that's not an option because, you know, I'm not meeting moms who have babies at mommy and me. I'm not hosting events and, you know, having families come and try samples of food at my local fresh market. It's just, that's not the case, but you can do it through social media. Um, creating a Facebook group around that niche is huge right now. My Facebook group during the, the pandemic has grown oh my gosh, like 30%. It was, it was bonkers because people want to chat and this is how we're all networking and socializing these days. Uh, I would also encourage you to use geotargeting on Facebook and Instagram ads if you do have content to promote so you can kind of capture some new readers uh, and then research and use local hashtags, extremely key on Instagram. There's not a photo that I don't post with the hashtag Boca Raton or Boca Mom in it. I mean, it is every single photo. I continue to make sure that those are targeted. And then also check into local locations on your post. So if you're promoting a business, of course you need to be checking into there. Or if you're just, you're having dinner at a really cool restaurant and you're a foodie, like make sure that you're checking into there and um, sharing that geo tag on both stories and your grid. Uh, and then again, just like my example, Randy, our, our local politics guy, you need to become a thought leader in that niche. Um, those keywords that go with your niche, you want to try to use them as much as possible so Google starts recognizing you. Um, I have worked very hard to make sure that when somebody searches Boca blogger or South Florida blogger or Boca Raton mothers, like that somehow modern Boca mom gets to that um, top of that search results page because that's how you can really carve out that space for yourself as a local thought leader. Okay, so now you've figured out what you're gonna write about or you're gonna create that local niche on your website and you've started to interact with your community. Now you need to cultivate it a little bit. So one of the ways that I did that prior to the pandemic was pop-up events, um, partnering with different brands to do in-person events where you could really um, get to know people in your community. Again, that's not an option right now, but um, I love partnering with other influencers, especially ones that know a lot more than me about a certain topic. I am not a DIY uh, blogger, but um, there have been events where I'm like, oh, it would be fun to do a Valentine's Day craft. And so I've brought in a friend of mine who is a blogger 
culture who who's writes about that kind of stuff and we've joined forces and joined audiences to make the event um, a great success so um, I think that's a great opportunity uh, like businesses to uh, potentially promote um, if you're a fashion blogger you why not partner with a local boutique when it's safe again to host something at their store I mean there's really great opportunities to take your niche and apply them locally and get either foot traffic into a brick-and-mortar business uh, or hosting something online like this where you create uh, an audience around interesting content and you network that way um, I mean there are also groups I'm part of um, a local group called Fem City uh, it's a national group and I'm part of the local chapter and we get on once a month and have like a virtual lunch date and uh, we all talk about our businesses and try to share leads and things like that and I found that to be very valuable but I I'm not kidding myself in-person stuff is the way to go so we, we just have to <laughs> Hope, hope and pray that um, things change. Um, also, if you're local, uh, and this will become probably even a great greater opportunity going forward, retail centers. Uh, I There are several really cool retail complexes in Boca. If you're familiar with the area, like Meisner Park, Boca Center, we obviously have a really nice mall. So I reached out to um, a, several of them at the beginning of the year, and I pitched an idea to become like that retail center's local ambassador. I created this whole thing called a mom-bassadorship, and so now for the entire year of 2020, I'm sharing content each month about this particular retail center um, for them. And it's great because it's, it is true. It's pretty organic content. I mean, it's about my experience at several different places. I'm doing video, social, things like that. But retail centers have budgets. They have marketing budgets, whereas an individual store may not. The, the center that houses them all do. So that is uh, a resource, or not a resource, but um, uh, a business model that we should be thinking about in the future. Like who is running the show versus the individual businesses, the local businesses. Um, try to become a comfortable speaker. I know it's it's hard. Um, not everybody, a lot of people became bloggers because they didn't want to get up in front of a camera and talk. A lot of people just wanted to write at their laptops and enjoy life and be quiet and just kind of stay behind the scenes. But the, biz, the industry is evolving and now bloggers are being asked to create video, speak at, you know, webinars and conferences and things like that. And so uh, I would encourage encourage you to try to try your hand at becoming more comfortable with speaking to people um, in person eventually, but online for now, it's a good test. You can still be behind your computer, even though you're looking at a camera. Um, but I also say that because again, with becoming that local authority um, on Twitter, I've made a lot of local reporter friends. So if they've had a story about something happening in the uh, family space in Boca, then they'll often reach out to me for comment. And again, that helps to raise my profile. And I always, always ask for a backlink when they share the story online. So that way, you know, WPBF25 shares a link to Modern Boca Mom. It helps boost that Google juice so your site comes up in search results more. So something to consider. Always ask for something. Even if it's not always payment, try to think of something um, that you can get in return. Because we shouldn't be working for free, everybody. <laughs> Um, <laughs> contribute to local magazines. So this is, this was another thing, you know, Boca Raton magazine made a lot of sense for me to work with in some capacity, because again, we're both targeting the same area. So, uh, we had a conversation. I worked for them without payment for, um, several months and then eventually got myself on the payroll there. And, uh, now I have a regular column with them, which is great. But even if it's another local blog, if, you know, there's another uh, blog in the area called take a bite out of Boca. Um, uh, I'm friends with the founder of that and we always try to share resources and join forces when we can because even though our audiences are slightly different they're they're still in the same area so again Google sees those backlinks and shared content as um, a validator to help boost you on the search results page local guides this is an easy one. So there's a blogger who I love. I'm sure many of you have read her stuff called Mommy Shorts, Alana Wild. She's based in New York City and she is a huge national parenting blogger. She's so funny. Her kids are cute, all that stuff. But um, I made friends with her on Instagram and she would 
I would reach out to her if I was coming back to New York. I lived there for a long time, but you know, now I'm going there as a, a mom and I always reach out to her and ask her for like, what are the cool things happening right now that I should be taking Avery to when I go visit the city? And she finally was like, you know what? So many people have been reaching out to me about this. So I'm just going to write my, the mommy shorts local guide to New York city. So even though she's not a national blogger, she now has a lot of local content on her side because people see that that's where she lives. So um, if you've been thinking about writing a local guide for a long time, just do it. Now is the time, you know, really get that content going. So that way when people are able to get more out of the house going forward, it's there for them. Uh, and really capitalize on those keywords, you know, like the mom's guide to Port St. Lucie or the mom's guide to Alexandria, Virginia, something. You, you need to go on Google and do some research and see which keywords are, have not been captured yet and try to take advantage of those. Um, but the bottom line is think big, act local. There's a lot of really big things that you can do to grow your business while still having a local niche and uh, staying on a local scale. Uh, I, I love serving my community and I'm really glad that I get to do it in this way because it benefits residents here, but it also helps me, you know, feed my family, which is important. <laughs> you know, those, those little things, you know, the grocery bills have gone up in the past couple months. And then I can't say this enough, Please learn from my mistakes. Well, not my mistakes, but my strategy here. Diversify your income streams because if one poof goes away for months, years, whatever it is, then at least you will have other ways to make money. So don't ever, ever, ever put your eggs all in one basket, especially if you're an entrepreneur. It is, uh, it makes, ugh, it makes me sick to my stomach thinking that I would just be depending on one salary. I want to make sure that if something hits the fan, then I have other ways that I can bring in income and continue to live uh, the lifestyle that I would like to. Okay, tips, tips. So um, the blog retainer clients, the, you know, the pediatrician, the dance program, the pediatric dentist, the, those guys that I talked about at the beginning of my presentation, I call them my blog local retainer clients, okay? And so here's some ways to get them on board that I've found success with. So I offer exclusivity in their category. I, I prefer to have steady money every month versus finding the highest bidder every three months. So that's my opinion, feel free to feel differently about that, that's fine. But um, I have had to turn down business because I have uh, a client in a certain category. Uh, and um, it stinks because of course, you know, more business, the better, but that is the time when you support your blogger friends. So if I can't work with, I'm making it up. All right. I'm not making it up. I couldn't work with a local hospital cause I'm already working with West Boca medical center. Right. So I got reached out to by another hospital and I was like, Oh, can't do it. I referred that business to another local blogger and they are super grateful. And now they will keep me top of mind for business in the future. So exclusivity is a double-edged sword, but I have found that it's, um, it's, it's worked for me. Um, pricing. So develop two pricing lists. I can't tell you how important this is. I am not sending the same rate card to Procter and Gamble that I am sending to Boca VI Pediatrics. I am definitely charging my local clients a lot less than the companies that I know have huge marketing budgets. So, um, have two price lists handy, make sure you can test them out here and there. I reach out to other bloggers and I'm like, what, you know, what would you charge for this? I'm, I'm new to the travel space. And so I've not been um, familiar with like per diem rates and things like that. So I reached out to a whole bunch of people yesterday to get some advice. So, um, but, but just keep that in mind, like have your two rate sheets. So that way you can serve your local clients as well as your national. Um, because just because you're local doesn't mean that national brands don't want to work with you. Trust me. Um, grow with your clients, you know, show results with um, your local clients and, uh, you know, they'll obviously be able to tell you that if they've gotten new patients or new customers or new leads and things like that. So if you show those results, you can increase that retainer every year uh, by a little bit and that will continue just to be that income. It's like you're getting, you're getting paid that steady salary each month. And I think that's 
great for peace of mind. I always throw in extras, Instagram stories. I'm like, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups. I'm always, you know, if people are asking for something. I'll always make sure my client is plugged. Um, for my Boca Magazine column, I will throw in my clients when it makes sense, uh, whenever I can. They always love that. And if possible, you know, professional photography. If I'm doing photography for one, you know, campaign, I'll try to see if there's a way to get some photos done for another client at the same time and use those resources wisely. Um, definitely do that. Uh, go above and beyond. Then in addition to local businesses, pitch your city. I've done business with the actual city of Boca Raton many, many times to promote events, to promote different activations in the city. Um, and I've really tried to become, again, that like go-to resource that if you're trying to reach families, come to Modern Boca Mom first. And then also introduce your clients to each other. You know, these are all local businesses. There's no reason that my pediatric dentist can't recommend the pediatrician and vice versa. So I, I've always, I've almost created like a little network there between my own clients. So people know that, oh, we're all working with modern Bocamon. That means we're kind of the best in our category. Uh -huh. And uh, oh, they can recommend each other uh, without having to be worried about that. So um, just some tips, keep that in mind. But I also have action items for all of you because, you know, we're all listening to these Zooms. We're probably taking notes, but maybe we're checking our email. We're on Facebook. These are the things I would really love for you to take away from this presentation to hopefully make your blogs uh, bigger, better, but also more hyperlocal. So take these points, you know, who would you want reading your blog locally? Like, really evaluate those analytics to see where you are and um, where you have the potential to go. Narrow down that local niche and passion if you have not done so already and then create a dedicated space for it on your blog. I mean this is of course primarily for our national bloggers here in the webinar but um, you have space on your website. Create a new tab, create a new pillar and um, see if it makes sense for you. Uh, create that local client list to pitch, you know, your dream clients in the area, you know, you know your city best so you can see who you would want to work with uh, in your niche. And again, like I'm a parenting blogger. So I'm like, what, what kind of businesses do parents need to work with at some point? And then that's how I created my list. And then edit your media kit so you have a version of it with a local spin on it. Um, and again, this is more in the future, but brainstorm about what could be an easy pop of event to support your niche and passion in the future. Um, if it makes sense, you know, join forces with another local influencer. If you know you're not strong at public speaking, but you know somebody else who does and it makes sense for you guys to do something together. I mean, there's definitely power in numbers um, here, uh, whether you're doing an event in person or you find a way to do it online. Write that local guide. Can't say that enough. If you know your city, write a local guide for whatever, you know, the fashionista's guide to Chicago or the parenting guide to um, Nebraska. Like, I don't know, I'm making things up, but write that local guide because I'm sure you have a very interesting perspective on where you live and, and you're, of course, integrating your passion and your niche into that. And then introduce yourself. Now is the time. Send an email, request a meeting. Just try to make friends with um, people who work for local publications, tourism board blogs, things like that, that makes sense for your local niche. Um, and also make friends with other bloggers. Maybe you can guest post on each other's blogs and, and help each other out um, in that. You know, I when it comes to being a mom, I know I'm not the every mom. I am not a mom of twins. I'm not a boy mom. Uh, so I know there are so many things that I don't know about. And so whenever I get a request about um, content that somebody wants to contribute to my site, I am all ears because uh, it's, I just, you know, I'm, I know that I can't give everything. I can do my best, but I don't know everybody's perspective when it comes to being a parent. So partnering up is great. Plus it boosts your credibility. But that's pretty much it. But the bottom line is think big, but you can still act local and grow your business. Um, I am happy to answer any questions you have. I will take a look at the chat real quick <laughs> to see if there's anything. I don't know if you want to unmute everyone or at least give people the option so they can unmute themselves and um, ask their questions, but happy, um, happy to help. We have Kim here saying that she actually hired the yard card company because they saw it on your blog. <laughs> yes, 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, Corinne, she's a, if that's a mom-owned business, and I love those. I love to support other moms who have decided to go into business for themselves, um, whether they're bloggers or not. I mean, being a mompreneur is a, is a lot of work, and I've done it, you know, I'm doing it myself, so I have so much respect for that. So thank you for that support. She's great. <laughs> All right. Paola is asking, how do you manage affi affiliates for those um, who offer a discount to your followers and a commission for every sale they make through it, would you post them all on your website? Okay, so I am not great with affiliates, I'll, I'll say that up front, but for the affiliates that I do work with, I work with Amazon, I work with ShareASale primarily, I believe Target and Walmart, those are my top four. Um, I, oh, and uh, Purdue, Purdue Farms, that's another new affiliate for me, but they're, I guess, they're through ShareASale. I really mainly post affiliate content in my newsletter, I've seen the most conversion for that. Um, anything fashion related, I tend to post on Facebook with a link through, and then again it just depends on the circumstances like I posted about the Purdue um, chick frozen chicken packages like right when the pandemic started and I got a ton of sales from that because people were freaking out about not being able to go to the grocery store safely so I think you really when it comes to affiliates you really have to position them at a time and a place where it really makes sense but um, my blog other than the occasional display ad I primarily focus on social media and my newsletter. And then if I write a blog post, like I did one about creating a smart home during on a budget during this pandemic and all of the product recommendations in that blog post are affiliate links uh, for sure. So I, I put them where it makes sense, but you have to do what's best for you. I mean, I know people on Instagram who do, and you fashion bloggers can all attest to this, who do try-ons with swipe ups every day. And I applaud you because I just, I, I don't know how, how they do it, um, but I certainly shop from those bloggers. I mean, I'm swiping up and going to the Like to Know It app and, and purchasing from them, so. Uh, um, definitely, but as a local blogger, I find also working with local businesses and events in your area, mm -hmm. uh, having an affiliate relationship is very rewarding because your blog has the SEO juice of the local area. So when you put an affiliate discount for uh, a local company, mm -hmm. your odds of showing up on Google are much higher than all the coupon websites and all that stuff. And it generates really well. So while reward style links and like uh, Amazon links, you know, you're competing with everyone with mm -hmm. local companies, you don't have that much competition. So again, thinking big and local really works out when it comes to affiliates. So just reaching out to companies. Also, if you reach out to local companies, odds are they're not sharing coupons with everyone in the world. <laughs> so if you have that one discount and someone is Googling a discount for that company, odds are they're going to use your discount code. So no, you're absolutely right. And especially if you literally can do a blog post like discount code to blah, blah, blah. I think I captured Florida prepaid discount code, or at least some version of that this year. And it did really well. So you are absolutely right. If you can get, you know, an affiliate or a discount code, some kind of perk from a business that's very much related to yours, that definitely works. Absolutely. So Brianna is also asking, uh, she's curious to know if you use all the prom uh, the services that you are promoting. Before I do. Them. I do. I'm actually a little bonkers about it too. And it takes me a lot longer to write blog posts as a result. Um, I did one recently about the best family meals in Boca. And so I literally ordered every single one over the period of, I don't know, two weeks or something to test them all because I wanted to be able to share that inside info. Like if a meal for two could actually feed four people instead. So uh, no, def definitely. And some of my clients, I'll even um, add in a, a small trade component, especially if I would be paying for their service anyways, you know, summer camp, um, dance program, things like that. My daughter is seven. So I'm, you know, looking for a great deal myself. But yes, I, I try things before I post about them. And I'm always very transparent about that too, even if it is uh, a paid relationship. Absolutely. <laughs> you definitely want to make sure that you have tried it because if you recommend something and your followers go and try it, then yeah. they're not going to trust you anymore. And um, that's the, that's the key. You want your audience to trust you. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> Authenticity. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we ha also have John here, and he's asking if you have encountered any empty nesters, their kids have gone to college, who are males that are lifestyle bloggers. Can you name any? Ooh, oh, I, um, I, not that are males. Um, I have uh, a good friend who does a blog called So, like S O O maybe three O's, so Boca, and she's a, she uh, pitches herself as the mom of millennials, and so her daughters are technically grown, but, um, you know, one lives with her, and then one is in a different state, and so she uh, focuses on being, uh, you know, an older mom, so she's not exactly looking for, like, kids' activities, and then she also has a real estate niche, too, where she helps um, people to downsize, so um, I haven't encountered anybody specifically in that niche. So I would try to do a little bit more research because if it, that niche has not been captured, then John, that's your, that's your niche. You should capitalize on that. I mean, more and more people are becoming empty nesters. So I think that's, that's great, especially in Florida. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Um, so does anyone else have any questions? You can let us know in the chat. Um, and, oh, John has another question. Uh, um, He's asking, are you set up as an LLC? I'm not, and it's on my to-do list. I'm currently a DBA, so everything that I do is 1099, and then I just, I don't know, you probably, this is super boring, but I filed jointly with my husband. Um, he also uses my DBA name, too, for broadcast production work, so we kind of um, file up. Uh, funnel all of our business under that. But no, I need to be an LLC now that my business has gotten bigger. I always thought I was too small to be that, but I think, yeah, 2020 is the year that I really need to be leveling up. So. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If you are ready to monetize your blog, you should definitely open your LLC so that you can. <laughs> use I do use QuickBooks though, at least. I've got that part done, but yeah, no, I need to switch, <laughs> switch my business filing for sure. So. Absolutely. That's a great question, John. Thank you. Um, Brianna is asking, what are some resources for figuring out what to charge for retainers? Okay. So I still struggle with this all the time because they're this this industry is still like the wild wild west in a way that you can kind of get away with a lot of stuff um, <laughs> but um the best success that i've had is trying to work backwards and say hey is there a budget that i should keep in mind on your end when creating this proposal and so um a lot of times i will get a general budget from people sometimes i will not and i'll just get the no no can you just send me your rate sheet that's fine but um i have again my two i have my depending on the client if it's a local client i have a rate sheet um that's a little bit lower and then my national clients it's a little more exorbitant um i always have my prices starting at so even if, again, I'm making it up, like even if I'm only going to charge a couple hundred dollars for a blog post, I have starting at blah, blah, blah. So I don't lock myself into that price. Um, but if it's a specific industry that I don't know anything about, I will definitely reach out to, um, you know, I have there's Facebook groups that I'm a part of that have been um, created as a result of a conference or things like that and just see if I can get a general idea or some sort of formula to calculate what I should charge but it's a lot of trial and error if I like I don't love working with food brands so I'll always throw out a big number just to see if they'll take it because I feel like if they don't I'm not going to care that much but if it's a client that I really really want to work with I will try to figure out what I need to be paid in order to, the, to do the work well. Um, because I, I think there's factors as well, you know, do they want professional photography? I do not have a DSLR camera. So whenever I do professional photos, I hire my photographer. So that's an extra fee, that kind of thing. So I think there's a sliding scale. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I, I kind of just throw things out now and see what happens and, <laughs> and yeah. test it out. <laughs> Yeah. Also, especially when you're working with small businesses, small businesses have a, a very big range of, of budgets mm -hmm. also. So, you know, you could be working with someone who is a very, very small local business or someone yeah. who is more established, even though they're a local business. So you really, 
it's always a guessing game. <laughs> so it is. It is. Again, it's it's still the wild west. Another gauge to look at is um, I always look at what blog networks are offering in terms of payment for certain deliverables, and usually add on uh, fees to those general numbers just because I know that the blog network is technically the middleman. So that's also kind of a guide to look at to you know second you know double check yourself to make sure you're not asking for anything crazy, but. Um, honestly, I've, I've rarely had a brand come back and say, no, it's usually a counter offer. If it's too high, they'll counter and they say, Hey, we don't have the budget for that, but what could you do with this amount of money? Or what if we only took, uh, took, you know, did this part of your proposal, that kind of thing. So I, I think it's, you've just got to create a space for a conversation because money is uncomfortable. It is. Uh, and you, but you have to get more comfortable with it if you are running a business because that's what your end goal is, is to make money based on doing something that you love. I love that. <laughs> Just start the conversation, definitely. <laughs> so we have Patricia and she's asking, what platform do you use for your blog? She's not sure which is the best platform. Uh, I use WordPress, always have. It's very user-friendly. Uh, you're able to monetize it from the beginning with uh, Google advertising and things like that. Uh, I've also found that it does very well on Google. Google likes WordPress. Uh, it's easy to connect uh, plugins and analytics. So I would recommend going that route if possible. Uh, yes, WordPress is also the platform that we recommend at the Blogger Union. And if you are uh, feeling a little hesitant about diving into WordPress, if you go to the Blogger Union's YouTube channel, we have a webinar replay that walks you step-by-step -step how to set up your WordPress blog. So Barbara, if you wouldn't mind sharing the YouTube channel link in the chat, um, you can go check that out and subscribe so that you can get uh, notified whenever we share a replay just like this webinar. We're going to be uploading it to the YouTube channel in case you want to watch it again and you want to write down all those tips from Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have another question from Brenda and she is saying, I struggle on what to write in my pitching or networking email. Can you share ideas? Oh my gosh, that, that's like a whole other webinar. Um, I know, it, it is very tough. Uh, but typically when I am pitching uh, a company or a local business, this is how I structure it. First off, introduce yourself, okay? Introduce yourself and share why you're awesome. And the reason you're awesome is because you have a blog and then you also have these amazing social channels that have X amount of followers and you really focus on writing X content for X audience. And this is why working with X business is a great idea because I can get the word out about your whatever it is, product, service, to this readership who is seeking out this information. And then I usually send a couple of links uh, to examples to like work. So if I'm trying to pitch, uh, I've been actually, I've been pitching unsuccessfully uh, several local landscaping companies trying to get my front yard back in shape this summer. Um, and that, that's fine. I don't think landscaping companies have gotten to the level where they're working with influencers yet, but I thought, what the heck, at least I'll try. Then I, I sent a link to like, um, a, a post I wrote about a little uh, laundry room makeover and oh this roof cleaning company things like that so examples of like what the content could potentially look like and and also I always share like what I would like for in exchange for what so I would really love an at-cost landscaping makeover in my front yard or deeply discounted services in exchange for and then provide what you will share with blog posts, it's a video, it's a Facebook post, I don't know, whatever it is, and that you look forward to working with them. You always wanna end on that really like, it's gonna happen note. Even if it doesn't, that's fine, having that confidence. Uh, and then of course, a beautiful email signature with all of your information on there so they do not have to hunt how to find you. I have found that that general template is really key, but you need to show them that you know their business, their service, their company, like you care and you care so much that you want to share it with your, um, with your audience. Um, but uh, again, the same thing, like whether you want, uh, you have to explain what you want. So if it's money, then you have to explain, you know, for this budget, I would be able to do X, Y, and Z and explain to them. So I found that that works pretty well, gotten a lot of interest in um, clients like that, or at least I've gotten a phone call where they want to discuss more details in the next level, which is fine. 
Lovely. Um, so someone is asking, uh, they want to be a paid speaker. So oh, do wait. you have any <laughs> advice on <laughs> how to get there? I've never been paid as a speaker. Oh. I haven't. No, okay. I, the closest that I've gotten is I got travel comped in exchange for speaking at a conference. And that was great. I was thrilled and I was not expecting it either because I'm always happy to share what, you know, what I know with other people. Um, so I wish I had more advice on that. I know that there are definitely better people out there than, than me to, um, give out that information. So I would definitely do some research, but no, I primarily, my platform is blogging uh, and, you know, making money by partnering with brands and businesses. And then if people want me to speak on the side about something, I kind of just do it as a, a fun public service and uh, effort to get to know other people. So, you know, Hey, maybe there's an opportunity to do business together someday. Wonderful. Um, so, um, Someone is asking, do you prefer to work local or national? Are there pros and cons? Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, I don't know if I prefer to work because both both definitely have pros and de definitely have cons. When, when working with a national business, chances are they have somebody who actually knows what they're doing in terms of working with an influencer. So they know what exactly they want, what budgets they have, and what deliverables they need to get whatever project is done. Or they'll reach out to you and ask for suggestions and then you price it out that way. Um, but on the same time, you know, they're usually a lot stricter and they have very, very specific things that they need to have you put in your content, whether it's, you know, um, disclaimers or, you know, ad language, things like that. And it kind of zaps a little bit of the creativity out of it for me sometimes. But on the local level, um, while I like to work with local businesses, I think that there's a, a huge value in working with smaller businesses. Um, they often just have no idea what the heck that they're doing in the digital space. So I almost feel more like an educator than a partner sometimes. And it gets easier. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't even have to worry about some of the clients I've been working with for like four or five years now. They know, they know what the deal is, but it is, it's hard because it takes a lot of time for you to, you know, help the local client understand why your services are of value to them. But if there's one good thing to come out of this pandemic is that every business large and small now know the value now knows the value of promoting their business online. Absolutely. And so I think Somebody asked me, I did like a podcast or something the other day. Somebody asked me, oh, do you see influencers going away? I'm like, <laughs> like no, absolutely. I, I think that the influencer space, especially the micro influencer space is only going to get larger and larger because people are going to put more of their resources into marketing online. And that word of mouth, third party endorsement is a tale as old as time. So Yes, I think it'll, it's only going to grow. So get ready. Buckle up, everyone. 2020, 2021 is going to be bonkers. Let's deals. <laughs> so I think that was our last question. Thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us and sharing all of your tips for, you know, landing uh, partnerships with small and large brands. Um, we really enjoyed having you. Is there anything that you have upcoming that you'd like to promote? Share with us. Um, uh, I have, a, I don't know, a whole bunch of different stuff's coming up this month, but, um, uh, thank you for that opportunity. Normally I'd like plug an event or something, but I don't really have that. Um, but I have some great content coming up with some local businesses that I've partnered with. One is a laundry service for moms that I'm super jazzed about. I miss that being in New York. Uh, but if you have any questions, I just threw my email address in the chat. Um, I am happy to answer questions if you think of anything after this presentation and you can always connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, everything is modern Boca mom. Uh, I always answer my DMs. So feel free to connect with me over there as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you everyone who joined us for this. Uh, we have some new webinars coming up next week. We're going to be showing you how to install your WordPress theme. Uh, we're going to be talking about content creation during the pandemic and after the pandemic. So stay tuned for those. In the meantime, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye.